Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is the podcast Hope Reclaimed, and I am the host of said podcast, Ellie Hope Herringshaw. I'm so glad that you're here today. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we can step into healing because Jesus has already extended healing to us 2,000 years ago on the cross, and sometimes it's our job to step in and receive that healing for ourselves. We are in a series right now called Now What?, It's in this series we're talking about, okay, the acute pain of the divorce or the breakup, the job loss is done and over. Now what? Now what am I supposed to do and how am I supposed to live? Today is the story of my friend Keisha. You're going to hear her story about healing from her divorce, kind of what happened, and then how the Lord called her to heal. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. (laughs) But I'm just excited to... um, to laugh with you today me and too. to chat. This yeah. is so fun. How Thank are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. Good. Yeah, today's a beautiful day and I'm just excited um, and expectant about what the day has, the rest of the day has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Including um, talking about your story and Absolutely. sharing, which I was, you know, I was telling you before we recorded, I, I take that so seriously and mm-hmm. so I, I hold... I hold it so seriously. And so when somebody comes to me, um, in this case, I came to you and asked you if you wanted to do it, but a lot of people come and, and ask me to share on the podcast. And, um, and I, t- I hold that very, very tenderly because, um, I want to make sure that they're in a good spot to do it, that mm-hmm. they're like, that they're in a place where they can share openly, um, that it's not going to be hurtful to them or to other people. Right. And, um, and I just see you holding this very carefully and, um, and with a lot of care and, um, and tenderness mm-hmm. with this story and the people involved. And so that makes me excited to have you on because mm-hmm. I can see the work that God's done in you. Thank you. But we're getting ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting ahead, but... Um, yeah, I would love for you to share a little bit um, with my listeners about your story and then maybe just maybe share what you like to do for fun. Why don't we start there? What do you like to do for fun? <laughs> wow. Um, I like to do, well, first and foremost, I, I love spending time with my, my girlfriends. And, yeah. Um, spending quality, quality time with them, um, fellowshipping with them, talking yeah. about... Um, our journeys, our relationships with Christ. Awesome. Um, and um, I mean, we do that by spending time with each other at, at each other's homes or um, meeting out at, at Starbucks or yeah. um, some cafe, um, having dinner, um, going to the movies, hiking. That's great. Um, love spending time outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and the fact that you were able to find a community like that is huge because that's not, that's not something that's always easy to find right so or those people that you found post your hard stuff that we're about to get into or mm-hmm. did that happen before um did did, 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 oh. did you find these friends oh, okay. beforehand or after some i found afterwards others cool. i had before okay yeah. that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah because i think community can be a hard thing to find absolutely when you're going through it sure. but if you have kind of a solid at least a couple of people that can help you walk through it. And then right. you're on the other side now. And Absolutely. But God is so faithful um, in terms of how he strategically placed people in my life. Yeah. Um, and I know that he placed certain people in my life 
before cool um, hand and afterwards that he knew I would need that's that's wonderful yeah so why don't you dive in a little bit to your story and why why I asked you on <laughs> <laughs> thank you um, wow so my story um, began with um, my ex and I having um, lived for a short period of time in two separate states. Mm -hmm. um, and that was primarily because I had um, taken a position in another state. Okay. And with, with the intent to um, us both move to that state to start um, a life in this new place. And um, one day, as I was driving home from work, I received a, a call from my ex, and um, I hadn't talked to him in a couple of days, and he had shared with me that um, he was no longer um, wanting to remain in the marriage, and that he was leaving the marriage. Wow. Yeah. That must have been so hard to hear. Oh gosh, it was very hard to hear, especially yeah. because I was on the road, so I wasn't at home, right? yeah. so I was driving um, as we were talking on the phone, and to receive that at that time, and on top of not being together yeah. um, geographically in the same location, made it even that much more difficult. Yeah, not being um, able to ask him for answers, or like, look. I need to, to see you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And having to digest hmm. the information and navigate through the information by myself um, in that moment felt like um, the best way I can describe it is someone ripped my heart yeah. out of my chest um, or cut me in half. Right. I had to pull over on the side of the road just to compose myself um because the phone call disconnected at some point oh and, my gosh wow. um so wasn't able to continue the conversation mm. and had tried calling back numerous times with um, no success mm. and um so that made it much more difficult as well yeah and just sitting in that moment with feeling like my world was caving in like what do i do now yeah. What do I do? Where do I go? Who do I go to? Yeah. I, um, I, I've talked about on the podcast how I was so lost that I went to Google because mm -hmm. I found out that my ex-husband was having an affair and I, I Googled, what do you do when you find out your husband is having an affair? Mm -hmm. Because I, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. you're, you're in total shock and Absolutely. so there's no, there's no rule book for this. Right. And, and I wish there was. Oh right? my gosh. <laughs> but even if there were... Mm -hmm. It's it changes from person to person and Absolutely. situation to situation and so Absolutely. so there can't be yeah. <laughs> there can't be a um, a formula right. for what to do so what did you choose to do um, in that moment I um, I remember sitting on the side of the road for a period of time and um, remember just at first initially was just in complete shock like did yeah. this really happen. Um, and I remember driving home and I was pacing around my living room and not knowing, okay, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I knew I just needed, I wanted to be with someone in the yeah. moment to, yeah. to kind of process you what just happened. I needed a person, right? Um, so I contacted one of my um, friends and um, asked her if I could come over to her house that I needed to, to talk to her. And she said, absolutely. So I jumped into my car, you know, headed to her house yeah. and um, got to her house. And that's when I think the shock of it all melted away. And then that's mm. when the emotions kind of came up, um, the sadness, the confusion, yeah. um, the hurt of it all. And um, she was very, very... Um, wise in that moment mm-hmm. and very caring and very um compassionate oh good not knowing um what to do herself in that moment but just to be a friend and to console me mm. and just be present oh absolutely yeah. fully fully present and 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 it was exactly what i needed not yeah. knowing what i needed but it was exactly what i needed in that moment yeah well and just the fact that you knew that one thing which was i need a person yes right now right because i think a lot of times we have like you said we have no idea what we need right, right. <laughs> but we may have an idea that we need something yeah um and so then to follow that in a crisis mm-hmm. well i know that i need this one thing which is to a person right but anything else i don't know right. <laughs> you think oh i have to make a decision right away sometimes or um or you know, you, you want to follow the, the anger and go egg his house or something like that. Right. Um, and of course you're, you weren't geographically in his <laughs> space, so you couldn't do that. Right. But, um, but you followed that one inkling yeah. to go be with somebody, right. which is great. Um, and so was that kind of the beginning of the end for you and your marriage? Um, in the moment, I didn't believe so. I yeah. still had hope in my heart. Yeah. And um, faith that this was just going to be um, a glitch or a bump, yeah. a bump in mm-hmm. the road. That surely um, he would change his mind and he yeah. would want to, um, you know, reconcile and yeah. um, continue with our yeah. our union as as husband and wife. Yeah. So I had spent um, a good portion of time standing in faith Mm -hmm. and believing for restoration of my of my marriage yeah and were you a were you a believer i i was and i am yes absolutely (laughs) that's awesome that's great um i mean i know you are (laughs) i don't know necessarily all of your background with Uh with your faith journey but um so were you were you believing that that restoration was going to happen because of your faith I did um, because of my faith and also because of the history that my ex and I shared. We had been married. Yeah, you'd been together a long time, right? right? And to just throw that to the wind, it didn't make much sense to me. Right. Um, And so the combination of the two helped to fuel my my hope Hmm. for the future of our relationship. Wow, that's wonderful. But that's not what happened, is that right? That's not what happened, yes. Unfortunately, um, you know, God gives us free will. And and my ex chose not to come back to the relationship. Yeah. And 
at the time, it was very confusing for me. Yeah. But when I look back at um, my journey, I know you said you don't know all of my um, story, Mm -hmm. but when I look back, I know that our our Heavenly Father knew that this was going to happen. I mean, He knows Mm -hmm. everything, right? He does. (laughs) He does know everything. Right. And And thank the Lord He does. (laughs) Absolutely. He knows the, the beginning from the end. Right, right. So just to give you a little bit of context, I had... I had, walk in a, I had walked away from my relationship with Christ um, not too long after my ex and I married. Okay. Um, and, and part of that was, was, was an, an act of rebellion. I mm-hmm. had grown up in a, a, a semi-strict household yeah. um, where, you know, you, you went to church, you know, all day on Sunday, mm-hmm. Bible study, um, or... Um, Sunday school, yeah. Another Sunday school, then church service. Um, we went to Bible study, study during the week. Um, church was number one, yeah. Right? And yeah. Um, so I remember, I I remember telling myself, when I get out of the house, the first thing I'm going to do is not, go, I'm going to not go to church unless I want to go. Like I'm okay, not yeah. Be told this that, isn't going to be an obligation right. that I have to do. Right. Right. Okay. So I had walked away from my relationship um, and not really knowing fully what the consequences of that Hmm. would be. I was just, you know, in charge of my own life, living the way that I wanted to live and living the way I thought was best Mm -hmm. for me. And I would say maybe four or five years, I'm calculating in my head, so about four or five years prior to uh, my ex leaving the relationship, I had um, a lot of things going on in my life that um, compelled me to initiate or reinitiate my relationship Mm -hmm. with Christ and decided to recommit myself to him. So when I look back, I, I see that as part of the preparation. Yes. Right? Because I could only imagine that had I not had a relationship with Christ when my marriage fell apart, I don't even want to imagine like where, where you'd be. I would be right now. Yeah. Um, that foundation certainly helped to... Um, allow me to move forward totally when everything fell apart yeah. praise the lord yes he's so God. he's so faithful to do that and yeah i describe it as for me at least i i felt right after right after i discovered everything that i was i was immediately like thrown into this marathon mm-hmm. and that i that i had been training for yeah with my relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. <laughs> that like all of those scripture memory verses that came to mind, yep, um, that I memorized as a, as a child, uh-huh. those all actually became something I could stand on. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea I was training for this marathon. Yeah. And, um, and I think a lot of times as believers, we have that opportunity right. when we are faced, when we face the fire. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, sometimes people aren't, they don't have that. They right. don't have that relationship with the Lord. Um, but at, at the same point, you can still turn. Yeah. When you're facing the fire, you can still turn and, right. and run to the Lord right. in trouble. 
because we have to run to something. Yeah. When we're in trouble, we have to run to something. Absolutely. Are we going to run to drugs? Are you going to run to Netflix? Right. Are you going to run to food? Mm-hmm. Um, and or are you going to run to the Lord? Yeah. And so we have we we have to we have to run to something. And so right. it's beautiful that you ha- were given that opportunity, and then you responded to that too. I did. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So where are you now? What is this, uh, what is this journey like for you now? Wow. Right now I've been in a season of self rediscovery. I'd like to, to call it, um, and evolving into this person who is fully aware on an entirely different level of who I am and whose I am in Christ Jesus. Okay, so who is Keisha? <laughs> I love that question. It's such a difficult question. To it answer, is. Right? It <laughs> is. But it's such an important one. It is. It is. It is. Um, I like to say that I'm still under construction. I'm still evolving as we all are right but (laughs) I see myself as being much more independent much more patient Hmm. much more mindful Hmm. confident than I believe I was when I was in yeah my marriage so you have you have in a sense a, you know it's like the BC and the <laughs> and right. the you know AD, but right. it's like the post the post destruction mm-hmm. Keisha and the right. pre destruction Keisha, right. um, or you know post and pre divorce. Right. And um, and I think that's it, it's really interesting. Like I, I I I find that a lot of people will compare themselves mm-hmm. from the the old, that old person right. that they barely even recognize. Oh, absolutely. But, but it's so, it can be so encouraging mm-hmm. when you have committed yourself to the Lord. Yeah. It's been, and it's been healing for me to look back at who I was during that time. Um, because when I reflect back, I, I can look back, you know, with different eyes now and see how, slowly over time I had lost who I was um and some of the things like in, that the, in the marriage in the, in the marriage okay um and it wasn't something that I consciously decided right. oh now that I'm married I'm you know going to change right looking back it was just something that happened over time even without my knowledge mm-hmm. I um some of the, the things that I just described about myself of, of who I'm becoming now yeah realizing I am now um, some of those are are ways I would describe me having been prior to yeah um, the marriage and going into the marriage yeah almost like but, who you were meant to be right right and kind of being derailed hmm. um, without even knowing that I was um, looking back I my life had become no longer mine it it had become my my exes Hmm. so things that he desired things that he liked things that he wanted over time became my wants my likes my desires Mm -hmm. to the point that when 
he walked away, I was like, oh my God, like, who am I? And, yeah. and, and, and what am I? And, you know, what are yeah. my interests and what, what are my desires? And who are my friends? And right, right. And, what is life? <laughs> absolutely. Because part of that, you mentioned who are yeah. my friends. Part of that was realizing too, that a, a fair amount of our friends were, um, his friends. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm sure many people can relate that when one walks through, um, you know, separation or, or divorce, our mutual friends will, um, by default or choice or, you know, Mm -hmm. what have you will, you know, decide or feel like they have to decide, oh, you know, I'm either going to be, you know, his friend or I'm either going to be your friend. I can't be, you know, mutually friends with the both of you. Yeah. So experienced, um, some of that, Mm -hmm. um, uh, mutual friends that were more, more so his friends, but mutually ours because of, because of the marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and having people honestly even share that with me, like, oh, you know, I don't know who I'm supposed to choose. Like, you know, I care about you both. And I, and I remember telling them, you know, please don't choose. I, I don't want you to have to choose. You know, you, yeah. we are your friends and we should remain your friends. But, you know, I think some people don't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And then some people who are going through divorce don't feel comfortable with that Absolutely. too, you know? Absolutely. It's like they have a hard time thinking or knowing that their friend is also hanging out with mm-hmm. the person that hurt them so much. Sure. Um, and, and that can be a really... That can be a challenging thing for some people as well. Right. So your so your response was you don't have to choose. Right. Yeah. But people chose. But anyway. they did. Yes. Right. right. It's like they they need to take sides or or they they don't feel like they can maintain maintain mm-hmm. both relationships. Right. Because it does take a toll on the people in our lives too. I mean, you 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 marry a person. You also marry a family. Absolutely. You marry their life. Mm-hmm. And so then when there's a breaking apart of that... There's a ripple effect. Absolutely. Right. It just doesn't affect the couple. It affects yeah. everyone involved in the couple's yeah. life. But it sounds like you were able to still maintain community, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And it was very important to have that. Yeah. There were times that I, although I had a strong community, there were times when... I wanted to just retreat mm-hmm. and close myself off from the rest of the world. Yeah. I remember waking up um, on days in a panic, like realizing, oh my God, this wasn't a nightmare. This is, this is real life. This is real. And looking at the mirror and looking at myself in the mirror and saying, oh my God, you've, you've been left. Like where, where what is your life now? Where, oh where gosh, are you going totally. now? And, um, and going to bed, like in complete despair, hmm. like I, I want, like, I hope when I wake up in the morning that this is going to be mm-hmm. a nightmare, that this yeah. wasn't, um, reality. Mm-hmm. And I had such good friends who constantly sought me out and wouldn't <laughs> let me fall into this dark hole or this cave that I wanted to retreat in and they would tell me you know I I I don't know how you feel yeah I can imagine how you feel and I'm not gonna let you um close yourself off you know I am here for you and and I'm gonna be there for you to the end I had very those are good friends very faithful (laughs) friends yeah and and 
to hear I don't know how you feel Mm -hmm. that's a really great thing to say to someone who's hurting right when when I I I had a friend who who went through a miscarriage and I don't know what that's like Mm -hmm. but I also know what pain is like yeah and pain is not comparable but we can still say I don't know what you feel and I want to be here with you and sit with you in it yeah that's a beautiful thing. It, it was, and it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So you had shared with me, we had um, we had dinner one night. Mm-hmm. Um, you had shared with me a story about returning to the home mm-hmm. that you guys were at together. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing that story? Sure. Um, so after I, I realized that the marriage wasn't going to um, come back together yeah. and be reconciled and um, my ex had actually had me um, served you know, with, with papers, okay. um, divorce papers, so he had already filed. Um, remember being in this place, okay Lord, where am I supposed to go now? Because mm-hmm. where I am geographically is not where I believe I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. because I was only here because this is where my ex and I had planned to make home. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I had, you know, began to fast and pray like, Lord, where, where do you want me? Mm-hmm. And, and just not getting a clear, um, answer from him mm-hmm. in terms of. So, so you had, you had family in another state. Is that right? Yes. And so then. Yes. I, so, had, okay. I had family in another state. And they were asking me, you know, to come back. Are you going to come back home? Yeah, yeah. Um, we would want you, you here to help mm-hmm. you heal. Um, and friends and, and different states, yeah. too, you know, mm-hmm. asking, you know, you should come here. I could see this being a good place for you to restart your life. Yeah. And um, so not really knowing where God was wanting to plant me, I, you know, had started setting, sending off... Um, resumes um, yeah. to different job openings that I saw. Mm-hmm. And and I should um, clarify that this process had happened bef- long before um, my ex had filed. Okay. But yeah. it was clear that he wasn't coming back to the yeah. relationship I yeah. had started. Putting it, in. Yeah, your process was pretty long yeah. of, of separation yes. with yeah. you guys. Okay. We were separated for um, uh, two years. Yeah, and that's that's a while. It was a very long time. Um, so when I realized that he wasn't coming back to the relationship, um, I, I started submitting for other jobs in different states. And, um, but my heart was pulling me back to the state where we had shared um, the majority of our marriage. Yeah. Um, and wanted to go back there, not for the marriage, but because I knew that was over. Mm-hmm. But going back because that was my home. Like, even though that wasn't where I was born and yeah. I, was, I, I, you know, didn't grow up there, I had spent over 20 years yeah. there. So that's where my home was. Yeah. You would create at home. Right. There. Right. And had um, you know a home church there, okay. family. Um, well, I I would say you know my spirit family. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> chosen family. Right, my chosen family yeah. there. Um, and that I I just kept feeling a tug on my mm. heart that's that that's where I belonged. Okay. And um, one day I. Well, I had remembered applying for a couple of positions, but those doors closed. Okay. And I should say all of the doors closed and all of the positions that I applied for 
back in my hometown okay. and other states where my friends had lived. Yeah. All of those doors closed. A couple of doors I had, pli- I had applied to um, at the in the state where my ex yeah. and I used yeah. to live. Um, and so your family is like, oh, keep keep looking. Right, right, <laughs> Keep right, looking here. Right, and <laughs> right. And, and so a couple of do- those doors closed. And then one day I had um, a position fall into my lap. And everything just lined up perfectly. And I knew that it was God opening the door for me to go back to what I I called home. Where your heart was. Where my heart was. Wow. And, And I remember coming back and I'm like, okay, Lord, what is this going to mean for me? Because there are so many memories here mm-hmm. that my ex and I shared. Um, what is that going to look like for me? Am I going to be triggered? Is this going to mm-hmm. be you know, a painful journey for me coming back, even though I know that you've opened up this door for a reason? Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, it has not and, and it was not triggering when I came back. Wow. So it was confirmation for me that this is where God yeah. wanted me. And I remember the first thing I did when I got off the airplane was I um, one of my friends picked me up from the airport and I said, you have to take me back to my um, my former home. Oh my gosh. And I, and she's like, are you, I remember giving me a weird look, like, are you sure? And I yeah. said, yes, I, ha- I have to do That was this. like the first thing you did. That's the first thing that I did. <laughs> You're crazy. I know. Right? You're crazy. Actually, that's why we're friends because I would do that too. <laughs> I just had to know, like, God, have yeah. you, you know, have you healed that part of my heart? Yeah. Right. Um, so she drove me over there. And there was nothing that came up for me wow. emotionally. It was it was just matter of fact. Yep, that was your old home. Mm-hmm. That's where you spent a couple of years. Yeah, and that's not your home anymore. Yeah. Right? So you were able to identify the 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 memories and the, the memories. love that you did have there, yes. but there wasn't that sadness and the ache or right. the sense that you needed to avoid. Right. Um, which is beautiful. And I do want to say that, um, I mean, because we, we talk a lot about this, mm-hmm. which is the process of reclaiming. Yeah. Um, but but I talk about the process of reclaiming when there is a need to, or when, when we feel a need to avoid right. something. Mm-hmm. Um, so so if you are feeling fearful or, or that <laughs> you're afraid of the emotions and the triggering aspect of something, right. um, that you just choose not to go to it. Mm-hmm. So I would even argue that you that house didn't need to be reclaimed right. because you didn't feel afraid, right. that you didn't feel like you needed to avoid it. Right. Um, which so a lot of things don't need to be reclaimed. Right, right. But and it's okay if they do feel fearful and they do feel a you know right. scary to go back to. Right. But that's a testimony of the work that the Lord had done in you apart from the place. Right. Because I knew when you talk about reclaiming, I knew for myself that I didn't want to set parameters around, well, I can't go here and I can't go there. Yes. Because (laughs) these are places that we had gone before. Exactly. And I don't want to Mm re-experience those those memories or those moments again. And I knew I I didn't want to live a life. I couldn't live Mm -hmm. a life of freedom. You just needed to break the barrier. Right. So just to drive there, yes. to, to prove to yourself, I'm not avoiding it. Right. I can just drive past it. Absolutely. That's, that 
you're, you're breaking the barrier. Yeah. You're basically acknowledging the elephant in the room. Right. Yeah. Right. That's bold and brave and beautiful. Thank but you. that's the work. That's that's the testimony of what God had done in the time apart. Yeah. Um, and now this is your home. Right. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. This is your home. So can this I ask if home. there's, because you do have a lot of memories with mm-hmm. him here. Mm-hmm. Um, do those memories come up? Do mm-hmm. those triggers come up ever? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I, at times, of course, you know, there mm-hmm. were landmarks of, you know, special moments that mm-hmm. we shared together. Um, when I find myself in that space or, you know, in that place where we've been before, a memory will, you know, will pop up or, and then I'll just acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was a place we went to before. We spent time together before, but I don't live in that space. I acknowledge it and then I drive on. Okay. And, and it doesn't feel forced at all. Okay. That's Um, awesome. It's a very natural process that, that happens in those moments. Yeah. That does take work to kind of get there. I think Mm -hmm. of recognizing that pain or right. recognizing the memory right. it's acknowledging it you're owning up to it and then you just keep going right um because that's not something that comes naturally to people necessarily yeah. so what would you say to somebody who was maybe in this situation that you're in mm-hmm. or what would you say to your former self giving advice oh wow <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, easy stuff right here. <laughs> right, right, right. Looking back, I, I, I believe what helped in terms of being able to come back and face all of these places and not be harmed or affected mm-hmm. by them was as I was going through my, my journey, uh, my grief journey, mm-hmm. it, I, I allowed myself to experience all of the grief as it happened so if i was in the grocery store or if i was driving in the car Mm -hmm. or if i was at work and i was overcome with emotion rather than suppressing it i allowed myself to feel it yeah even if that meant you know walking over in um in a corner and just Mm -hmm. allowing myself to to cry if i needed to yeah um, to take a moment if I needed to. And, the, and there were lots of those. Um, I would be lying if I said there weren't. Um, yeah. I remember days getting in my car and sobbing all the way home. And, you know, going grocery shopping and being on an aisle and seeing things. Um, and feeling all of the emotions. Right. Yeah. And just sitting there with my, or standing there with my cart and just, you know, allowing the emotion to come. Mm. And then when it passed, I would drive on with, you know, what, what mm. I'm supposed to be doing and not caring about, wow, what if someone in the car next to me sees that I'm crying? Yeah. <laughs> right? or what if someone on the aisle sees that I'm crying? Like, what, what are they going to say? Not really caring about that. It was important for me to really be true um, to what I was feeling. And I, yeah. I believe that that helped to prepare my heart yes. for the journey back home. Wow. And um, I think that's an important, important thing for anyone facing grief. I mean, that can be the grief of a loss of a marriage or a relationship, but also the, the death of somebody, but mm-hmm. even even a disappointment. And it I feels mean, like a death. Yes, it does. It feels like a death. It does. When you lose a spouse who yeah. decides to walk away 
yeah from a marriage yeah it, it absolutely feels like a death and you had said something at the beginning where it felt like your heart was torn out of your chest right. and you were like cut in half and mm-hmm. and i i've described it as like it was like i was walking around without an arm yeah and then i just feel like everybody knew right I'm driving along the street and I'm like, everybody knows I don't have an arm. (laughs) You know, it's like, obviously everybody sees this. Obviously it's, you know, it's everything. Yeah. And, and grief is all consuming when you're in it. Yeah. It's like the the best thing I can do is just get up. Right. (laughs) And sometimes I can't even do that. Right. Right. Yeah. And the most powerful thing for me, or one of the most powerful things for me was forcing myself to get up and to face my day um going to work every day helped for me even though I didn't want to go (laughs) I knew that was far better than staying at home and wallowing in in the grief and watching Netflix or something which is fine to do at a time but sometimes you just have to keep moving yeah um I had a hard time in moments not or being afraid that just doing things was avoiding. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever feel that way? Like maybe just going to work, I was maybe avoiding the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't believe I felt that way. Okay. Um, going to work was helpful for me. Um, it was a, it was definitely a, a distraction, but not, yeah. I, I wouldn't describe it in the same way as being like intentionally avoidant. Yeah. Because it gave me... Um, a place to pour into other people. Yeah, that's good. um, And that helped me to navigate through my pain, I believe, looking back. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but there were certainly times, like I had mentioned before, where outside of work, I wanted to close myself off Mm -hmm. from the rest of the world. Um, And your friends were like, "Mm mm-mm, not happening. Right, right, (laughs) (laughs) Good friends. Yeah, absolutely good friends. (laughs) So... What's next for you? And what are you hopeful for right now? What's next for me? That's a good question. I ask the Lord that every day. <laughs> Lord, what's, what's next for me? Um, I, I know I want to continue to, to do his work, whatever mm-hmm. that is going to look like. Um, I... I do want to be able to pour into other mm-hmm. people's lives who have experienced the same journey that, that mm-hmm. we have. Um, and I do eventually want to marry again. Yeah. And um, my heart is hopeful for that. And that's bold to say. Mm-hmm. That can feel very scary to yeah. say that out loud. It is. <laughs> okay, I'm adding you to my list. Actually, I, I'm not even adding you. You've, you've been on my list. Right. Um, and not that I'm matchmaking, but uh-huh. I pray. Oh, thank you for your prayers. <laughs> I pray for that because, because that's something that I'm hopeful for as well. Uh-huh. And that is a scary thing, especially when there's been disappointment. Absolutely. Yeah. And your, yeah. And your heart's been broken before. Yeah. Right? So opening yourself up to trust. Mm-hmm. To being vulnerable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then that can lead to more disappointment, which can lead to cynicism. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, I like to say that that cynicism is just disappointment outweighing your hope mm-hmm. and allowing allowing the disappointment yeah. to outweigh your hope, yeah. essentially. So how do you navigate that? 
what is um what is allowing hope to grow in your life look like knowing the promises that that god has given me Mm -hmm. and knowing that he did not create man to be alone and i know Mm -hmm. um that he has saved the best for last for me i know that he did (laughs) not bring me this far to bring me this far I know that there's yeah. more that he has for me. I know he has a partner for me. Okay. Um, and it's a promise. One of the promises that I stand on is Psalms 37, um, 5 mm. and 6, that um, if you commit your way to the Lord and trust in me, that I will do this. I will make my righteous reward shine like the dawn, my vindication, like the noonday sun. All right. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's the promise that you're standing on. That's the promise I'm standing on. That's beautiful. What does standing on his promises look like when it doesn't look like they're happening? Right, right. I know because it's easy. It can be easy to become discouraged when Mm -hmm. what you're seeing in the natural is not lining up with the promises that he's given you. Um, It's... Blind faith is the best mm. way that I can describe it is um, I know that my God is is faithful and I know that I can trust him and I know that his timing is perfect. Mine yes. isn't. And um, as I'm still going through this, this season of evolving, I know he's using that time to um, sculpt me mm. and to continue to change me and to work on my heart and mm-hmm. my mindset um, so that when the right time that he has prepared for me happens yeah um that i will be able to walk through that door fully prepared in the way that he wants me to be so it helps having my community of friends my church community continues to walk with me in faith so that i know that i'm not walking alone even though it may feel like at times Mm -hmm. that you are yeah. And keep reminding me, okay, don't pay attention to what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, pay attention to what you know. Um, I, I follow Joyce Meyer um, yeah. a lot. And one of the things that She's I love... She's a powerhouse. Isn't she? She is a powerhouse. <laughs> she always says, um, don't trust your your feelings or don't go by what you're, feel, what you're feeling. Because our feelings are um, always changing. Mm-hmm. It's going by what you know. Yeah. So even though I may feel like things aren't changing yeah. and I'm going to be walking through um, this journey not knowing like where I'm going forever, right? Mm-hmm. that I know that that is not true. Even yeah. though my feelings want to tell me that, right. I know that, that God has a plan and a purpose for me. Yeah. And it's a good one. And it's a good one. And it's a really good one. <laughs> what does your worship time look like with him? What does your prayer time look like? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I try to be mindful about praying to him throughout the day. I know at times I might feel, look weird to people because I'm I'm holding a conversation with him constantly. I can yeah. be walking down the hallway, driving down the um, street, and I'm full on talking to God. Okay, God, you know, you know, what, what's your plan for me today? Where am I going? Like, um, but so I, I try to be constantly in contact with him throughout the day. But when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I do before my feet hit the ground is, um, I, I commune with him. I pray with him and, um, I throw on some worship music as I'm getting ready for work. 
and may listen to a podcast of some of my favorite mm-hmm. um, pastors and um, and even on on my way to work. And then um, when I get to work, I, I, I purposefully get to work an hour ahead of my um, tour of duty so that I can prepare myself spiritually and mentally wow. for my work day. And so I spend that time um, reading the Bible, reading devotionals, and... And you do that at work. I do that at That's work. That's really cool. Because yeah. I think a lot of people would maybe take that at home. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I mean, it could be practical, like yeah. avoiding traffic. Mm-hmm. But it could also be the fact that you're doing that in the space that you spend a lot of your time. Yeah. Like, I'm dedicating this space and this day mm-hmm. to the Lord. To I the think Lord. that's a practical thing that a lot of people could do. Yeah. Because um, there's so many distractions at home. There are. There's so many distractions. Like, even just, yeah. Television, your, your, your phone, <laughs> all of those yes. things, right? I mean, the so, first thing we wake up in, during the day, Instagram's yelling at me mm-hmm. to look at me. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so that's why it's imp- important for me to yeah. carve out that time first that's thing great. in the morning at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it sets the tone for the rest of my day. And then when I get home, I try to reflect on my day um, and carve out a little bit of time with him before I go to bed reflecting on what my day looked like. Great. Um, and, you know, did I walk according to how he wanted me to walk for that day? <laughs> <laughs> and then for me, I would add what's important when I do that is to not get down on myself when I don't. Right. And I'm like, oh, I missed the right. mark. I, right. didn't, right. I didn't live up to it. But right. there's so much grace. There's so much grace. There's so much grace. And mercy. Amen. And yes. the fact that the fact that you have walked such a painful road and a destructive road. Yeah. A road that was not God's ultimate plan for your life, mm-hmm. but he has used it for good. Yeah. And I never want that to get trite. Right. Because it is profound. Mm-hmm. The fact that the enemy meant to kill you yeah. with this. Yes. With, the, with this divorce. Yes. And God is now using it, and he has used it, yeah. not only to draw you closer to him, mm-hmm. but for compassion and empathy that you can have for other people, and, and ministry and calling. Yes. The fact that you can now share this story with mm-hmm. other people to, um, to bring glory to God yes. is amazing. And that in and of itself is... I mean, I, I don't want this to ever sound insensitive, but that makes it worth it. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that you can spend time with the Lord mm-hmm. and be as intimate with him as you are yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, keep going, my friend. I will. I feel blessed every day yeah. just having this opportunity, having this testimony now that I yeah. can use to bring glory, like you said, to him. Yeah, it's amazing. And... God is so faithful. He's so faithful. He um, so I'm so grateful for you coming on and sharing today. Thank you and for I know that me. this um, really blessed my listeners. I know that. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything that you wanted to touch on before we close? Anything we kind of missed? Um, I don't. I don't think so. But I, I do want to um, say to your listeners, please, to please, please stay. Um, faithful to our faithful 
um, mighty mm -hmm. heavenly Father, because even though you know we talked about you know walking by faith, not by sight, um, that even though your circumstances may be looking like it's the end of the road for you, as long as you keep your eyes and your ears and your heart and your mind focused on the Lord, He will guide and direct your steps. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hope Reclaimed. If this story resonates with you, if this concept resonates with you, would you go on to wherever you listen to these podcasts and like and subscribe to the podcast? It really, really does help me out. Give it a five-star rating as well and even leave a comment. Leave a review and let someone else know that you like this podcast, that it's helpful for you in some sort of way. It really does help me out as well. Thank you for listening and we are going to see you next time. Remember, there is healing, there is redemption in Jesus, and there's always hope because hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.